It's the round table on dog post. Fletcher is Fletcher Page from the Louisville Courier Journal. He is a what again now, man? Help me out. I'm a. Uh, I guess you could call me a columnist. Are you a real? Uh, are you like a real estate reporter? Or? <laughs> I don't do the important things. Just I'm in the toys section called sports. <laughs> All right, you are on the drive back right now from one of your assignments, and we're just going to get it rolling because people are pretty desperate for the uh, people are pretty desperate for the roundtable. I, I will I will say there's a lot to cover this week, but I, I just want to start off that Matt DeBerry has thrown the gauntlet down. Uh, he is saying he's going to wrestle an alligator here soon. Fletcher, what are you doing to earn your place on the uh, on the roundtable? Well, now that I've turned 30, I feel that I, I don't have to do, uh, I don't have to use gimmicks like that. I, I just have to rely on, on my personality and my good looks at this stage of my career. I tell you what, I don't mess with red tops. That's off the table. So, I, I guess this is pretty wild for DeBerry, but I, I couldn't mess with a reptile. Snakes, alligators, crocodiles, all that stuff is off the table for me. That's too much. Uh, you heard it here first, Fletcher Page, relying on good looks and personality. We will look for you in the unemployment uh, line soon, Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are the parameters? Is this like, are we going to get like a, he needs to do this in an above ground pool in Winder, Georgia. I feel that'd be appropriate. <laughs> um, get get a crocodile of some, wait, is it an alligator or a crocodile? I mean, he, now he was, I, I don't, yeah, he was pretty clear that it cannot be a crocodile, which I think makes plenty of sense. I agree with. Yeah. Okay, yeah, alligator makes sense. Um, what What's the deal? Is there a bet? Because for people that don't know, there's a long history of, of bets between you and your your employees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I made a, a pretty foolish bet with you once that I won, but ended up losing. Now, what was, you know, what was it again? Now, I know it was a stake, but I can't exactly remember what we were betting on. Well, this was in the age before you had to pay for your Facebook likes. I know That's there's right. There's companies out there that, that do that so they can increase their reach. Um, hopefully, that's working out for you guys. Um, but <laughs> back in the day, you had to hustle for your likes. Mm. And I thought you had set a goal for our dog post facebook page which i think was my idea to create because it was back in the time when i was really running the site and doing good things for it <laughs> uh really bringing bringing us to the next i, I, just, I just don't i don't know how i could have ever gotten to be successful without you man well here's here's why i know you kind of think on a different level and you're actually a user of people oh so, a user of people yeah 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 you no no no. listen hear me out i'm gonna give you some credit here we created the Facebook account. You said that if we could get to 500 likes by a certain time, that you would consider that a success, which offended me because I, I, I was sure that we could get to 1,000 likes. And I, thought the bet somehow, were, I think the bet was 1,000, as I recall. It was, but you had turned that into how it was sort of me driving it. You, and so I said, if I get it to 1,000, you got to give me a steak. you got to buy me a steak dinner. And I was thinking of Ruth, Ruth's Chris or, no, uh, you know, Porterhouse in Athens or something like that. Well, you had never been in Porterhouse in Athens. What are you talking about? You well, that's what, you I know wanted what that you to is. culture me up a little bit. 
so we get to a thousand. I pulled out every stop I could. I mean, I still sometimes I don't know if that Facebook page is still active. It was, but a, there was like I had, I it, had ex girlfriends, moms. I had, I had people that I hadn't spoken to in years. I had made them go like this page just to get us to a thousand, so I could get my steak dinner. And of course, there were no parameters set. You took me to a Applebee's or what was no, it? No, yeah, you're kind of. I, I can see where this is going, and you're going to try to railroad this into. You took me to a Chili's in Gainesville, which is not what happened. We were at a Chili's in Gainesville, and you decided you were going to order a steak. All right, and well, that's, that's the safest thing you can do when you're at one of those places. Just get the ribeye every time, and <sighs> at least get get out of there with that. Now that that was not supposed to be my play for my steak bet, but you but you wrote that's how we worked it. Whatever, and we got. We went and saw Sterling Bailey that day. Oh, I got yeah. Got a ribeye steak. He was, he he was, ripped me off. He was not great that day, was he? I was not impressed with anything that I saw at East Hall High School that day. Yeah, it, it was... That was not yeah. great. That was not great. But I respected what you did. Here's what you did. You, you got me to grow your Facebook account through my own ambition, and then I cashed out my bet on like a $17 tough ribeye. <laughs> and, it, you know, everything worked out for you in that scenario, and I respect that. Now, I wonder, I, I, you know, I know people want to hear about Georgia at some stage here, but I do wonder how much money I spent on food for you through the years. It wasn't enough. Everything that you ever got because of me was worth it. And you're still dealing, and you're still getting dividends. You're cashing dividends from me all the time. I mean, it's been a great investment. Does it occur to you how ridiculous you sound right now? You can't disprove what I said. Yeah, but you can't disprove that there are Martians. I mean, come on. That's not a real argument. Oh, man. I'm just glad that you still get to hear from me. I, I don't what know do you if you... I was going to say, did you, did you watch G-Day in any way? Nope. So we can't, I, we can't I intelligent. I have, couple, <laughs> I have a couple rules in life. Uh, let's see. One of them is don't watch spring games that I don't get paid to watch. I went to a spring game and didn't watch it. Which one was that? I went to Kentucky's and didn't watch it. I went to Kentucky's and, didn't, and uh, spent some time with their former quarterback. I didn't really watch much of the action on the, on the field. I told you what I think spring games are for. It's for people that have kids. I think, and I think in usual settings, it's a great way to introduce your kid to like Sanford Stadium or a game atmosphere. But now, I mean, the way they're the way they're packing this thing out, I mean, you get to deal with the traffic and everything. So it's just like a game day. It, it you know, I'll be, it was a it was a pretty good experience. Uh, I didn't think it was um, there wasn't anything bad really to complain about. It was the Normal, um, you know, madness, I guess, if you will. And um, <clears throat> it, they threw the ball way more than they would ever think about throwing it from here on out. I mean, this was a, right. a just a glorified seven-on-seven. Seven. And um, it, was, uh, it, was a lot, it was just a lot of throwing. And one thing, I, you know, I, I think... We'll talk about spring ball, and then I'll, I want to talk about something a little bit more uh, pressing, interesting, whatever you want to call it. But um, 
you know, spring game to me, it just is so hard to know that everything that that happened during the spring game really matters. I, I think there are there are Jake Fromm fans and there are Justin Fields fans, and and um, are we going back into that now? Yeah, I was just gonna, well. We got another quarterback controversy brewing. I don't think so. No, but okay, uh, you're talking about um, two guys that were sacked to combine eleven times and threw the ball about forty times, not quite forty times each. If you are a giant Jake Fromm fan, um, with the exception of the two interceptions, there was plenty to like. If you are a um, Justin Fields fan, and you, you know, with the exception of um, you know him holding the ball a little bit too much to me, uh, there was there was plenty to like. I mean, like Justin looked good for sure. I thought, but at the end of the day, what we saw was not at all what they're going to look like. In the fall, I mean, they, they, they didn't even have their top, I would say, top two running backs. Um, and DeAndre Swift didn't play in any way. Zamir White, obviously, is still getting back to where he needs to go. Um, it just, you know, it, it wasn't at all what reality will be in the fall. Now, it was harder to tell with the defense if they, um, it was harder to tell with the defense if they were legitimately stopping the run. Or if they just, you know, Georgia didn't have the running backs they needed. I mean, I would argue that Elijah Holyfield's pretty good. But um, nonetheless, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on the spring because spring is just a moment in time. It's harder, you know, you can project from Georgia's game with Tennessee forward more than you can Georgia's spring game. I mean, that's just the way I look at it and always have looked at it. Certainly, and your your basic goal is get out of there without getting hurt, right? Um, and then make that thing an event that you can sell to whoever is there as a recruit. Right? That I think those are the two most important things of spring. Well, they let me they accomplished both of those in a big way. There's been plenty of discussion about the fact that you know Georgia had the number two crowd in the country this year, and the most in the conference. Uh, that made a lot of um, that that surprised a lot of recruits. I mean, Kirby can go take that and sell it. I mean, it's it's a it's a never ending process. I think for for Georgia, they they understand um, Kirby understands very well how to sell a vision um, of what the future will be to kids. And and Georgia Tech's not a great example, but if you're Georgia Tech and you can't even fill up your bottom bowl. For a game, for a scrimmage, uh, it just was really discouraging to to look at a lot of the schools. It wasn't just it wasn't just you know Georgia. I mean, excuse me, it wasn't just Tech. It was um, Auburn. I think was pretty low. Um, Auburn was bad, and, and a lot Kentucky of Kentucky had more than Auburn. Yeah, I mean, when you sit there and look at it, the um, th- these games don't matter. It, Except that people seem to be keeping score now all of a sudden, and um, yeah, yeah, I just I, 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 I don't know. To, I think somebody needs to, like I said. I think spring is very important. I hope I didn't misspeak earlier. I, I think G Day is not important in terms of a, a day of getting better. It, it really is a wasted workout if you're trying to get in a good day's worth of work. Really, I mean, I think it, there is some value in getting 
Justin Fields out in front of 80,000 people right. and having him make a lot of throws. So I, I don't mean to dismiss it all. But if you can if you can prove, if you're Georgia, I think clearly coming off a Rose Bowl victory and playing for the national title helps. But you're, you're not – you didn't have Ludacris there. And you right. didn't have Herbie's first year and Jacob Eason's first year. This was just – this should have been a pretty regular G-Day, and they were still able to sell out the available seats. That is an incredible – uh, that's an that's incredible for perception because the the opposite of that would be like if you're Tennessee and you've got Jeremy Pruitt actually talking negatively about fans in the media. That's oh, not where you want to be. Uh, and let me just say that guy is an he is a redneck idiot savant. <laughs> that guy, I bet you, he's good at one thing in life, and he's very very good at it. It's coaching up defenses and recruiting for defenses. So he's very good at that. Don't mean to dismiss it. But, man, whew, that guy. I didn't understand That's that. Fun. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, Vanderbilt, Mississippi, excuse me, Vanderbilt, Mizzou, and Ole Miss did not have numbers. Arkansas was 7,000. I don't know what the circumstances were there. LSU, 22,000. It was 7,000 for the Hogs. Uh, 22,000 for LSU. Uh, Carolina with uh, 225. Auburn twenty eight thousand, which looks really low at that big stadium. Kentucky thirty six, Mississippi State thirty six and seven, A and M forty eight. They didn't have anybody in their upper decks. Uh, the Gators with fifty three, sixty five thousand at Tennessee. Alabama with uh, seventy four, and then Georgia with eighty two thousand one hundred eighty four. So, and that was an, and I think that is an actual number. I know how Georgia can be sometimes. Sometimes they, uh, sometimes you, they just eyeball it in other venues. But in this mm-hmm. case, they had to give out you know seats and the whole voucher deal and everything. So that was I think that's about as close to a real number as anything. I, and I think at the end of the day, man, that uh, it is another selling tool for a salesman. Yes. Who does not need a lot of selling tools? <laughs> That's just where they're at yeah. right now. And um, I, I do want to switch gears slightly and and talk about this just a little bit because you know the Rose Bowl stuff was everywhere, and Georgia was within a play of winning the national championship, um, etc. They were they were also though Fletcher they were also uh, about three plays from being ten and four. And I think the thing about it is that, and I'm going to write about this, everybody is romanticizing last year, and there was a lot to romanticize about. I think guys like Sony and Nick, uh, Isaiah uh, Wynn, who I just wrote a long piece about, Roquan, the captains of this past year, there was, I mean, there were games where Georgia was not even being, they weren't competitive, the other team wasn't even competitive. But when you look back at Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame only needed a field goal. They had to drive the field, and they couldn't do it. But they only needed a field goal to win that game. If Georgia doesn't beat Notre Dame, I mean, obviously, I think they still would have needed to win the conference championship no matter what. But it just—it was just one of these things where people need to remember how close these games are going to be in the fall. And just moving forward, and uh, that Georgia is listed with over under at ten and a half. Man, Georgia and Alabama are at ten and a half. 
that's a heck of a number to kind of get up to. Now they don't they're not playing Notre Dame this year and they you know they're they have a manageable um situation. But still people I think are so fixated on how great last year is that they forgot how tough it was to go through that and how it that that nothing's guaranteed moving forward. In the spring, you would have thought that they won the Rose Bowl every single time they played. I mean, they played pretty bad against Kentucky for a half. They didn't play very well against Missouri for a half. Um, there was there were times in this past season where things could have gone off the rail. Now, you get credit for it not, but that's the other thing about spring, man. It's, it just romanticizes good seasons that have just gone by. Damn, you sound like Mr. Brightside today. <laughs> You're really pumping me up with all your positivity. Well, if you think about some of Georgia's best seasons, I mean, they're filled with these moments you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the fun. Like, Notre Dame will always, to me, be the Lorenzo Carter game. I don't remember Lorenzo having another game like that, but if he hadn't played that way that night, they probably don't win. Uh, you know, some, some you look back at Lindsey Scott at Florida, that whole 1980 season, Herschel's emergence against Tennessee to save that game to start the season. So it's it's probably, um, I think that that's what's so endearing about those kinds of seasons because it is very difficult. You, it doesn't happen very often. And so, it, yeah, for Alabama, they win all the time. And they, they've, won many, they've won many national championships, especially since they got Nick Saban, um, for those of us that were born after Bear Bryant died. But when you have a season like you had last year, I think that it doesn't cause alarm for me. I get the what if. You're, I know why you're going down this what if path uh, to sort of maybe try to jolt people from their uh, romanticizing. But that's part of what made season so special is when you have those moments where it could go either way and you have people emerge and step forth and create moments that you will never forget. Did you like that? That wasn't even corny. That was a little bit corny. Well, it's just it's just that you know now Georgia, so Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, maybe Ohio State. I mean, Clemson has a pretty clear path in their league. Ohio State doesn't has have as clear a path, and it looked like USC out west was going to start being a national thing. But in the league, you know, Alabama and Georgia have the exact same over under. They both play Auburn and LSU, who are the other, you know, very good teams in the West. Um, it's it's just it's just interesting because they Georgia's just zoomed straight to national prominence. They are inside of everyone's head now, and um, and I, all I'm saying is, hey, look, you know, they are they are they are they are way better than everybody in the East. But they're not so much better than the entire league that they're just going to waltz their way in. I, I don't even think Clemson is in that greatest shape. They're in the best shape of anybody in their conference. But they they have proven time and again that in, when you play in any league, you can lose any game. And they're, they're kind of the kings of that. But, you know, I think people are just assuming that this is going to be sort of easy from here on out. And... I'm not sure that I necessarily buy that. As as quote unquote easy as it's been for Alabama, they've only won the national championship you know five times I think since Nick Saban's been there. So that it's not exactly every year for them. And they've had some 
you know, they've had some painful beats along the way. I mean, they, they, they basically lost the national championship to they lost the national championship to Clemson in sixteen by a play. They lost the national championship essentially by one play in two thousand thirteen. Uh, you know, they won the national championship on one play against Georgia in two thousand twelve. But it's I think people should be ready for what an airplane pilot is like. His life is like. I don't know if you've heard this before, Fletcher, which is you know, a lifetime of boredom uh, with 15 minutes of pure fear. I think that's what this coming season is going to be like. I, I just don't, they're going to have to save themselves somewhere along the way. It always happens. I don't know where. I, I don't know where. It might be LSU. It might be Auburn. It might be Carolina. Um, I don't know. But I, I think it will have to happen. Damn, man. You go to the Rose Bowl one time, you go all uppity on me. <laughs> I think that I think that's the best part of the movie. I mean, you know that that adversity is going to hit, and you got to respond to it. You don't know when it's coming, but that's but that's expected. I think that you go play for the national title and you stack recruiting classes up like Kirby has. Yeah. Then yeah, you're gonna then the expectations change, and also the way that you act and behave accordingly will will shift as well. So. Uh, it's kind of like what you've written about, though. I mean, you've written that Georgia should be they should. Uh, the bully. They, they and sh- now they, they are. They, yeah, they are. They are. But it's still, you know, it's still a little bit new. There's not that many programs can be the bully. There's there's probably six in the SEC uh, in particular. Um, and maybe USC, Ohio State, and Michigan. You know, people like that can really strap it on and start hurting people. Uh, but everybody in the league can't be a bully at the same time. And Auburn, you know, hasn't been really a bully. They've 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 been magical um, over the last decade, and then they've been spectacularly bad. LSU L- LSU was a bully, and they haven't done that since. I'm just looking at these over unders. I mean, Alabama and Georgia right now, I think, are the two kids on the block that you do not want to deal with. Auburn's over under is nine. I mean, considering they play Georgia, Alabama, and LSU every single season. An over under that's nine is pretty solid. They they've got to go to Georgia and Alabama. That those are tough games for those two, uh, for Auburn to win. Mississippi State's an eight, LSU's a seven and a half. Probably they are lower because of the Georgia game. You would have to imagine. There's no guarantee they win that game. A and M at seven, uh, Carolina at seven, Gators at seven, Missouri at six and a half. Mississippi at six, Kentucky at six, Tennessee at five and a half, Arkansas at five and a half, and the uh, and Vanderbilt at five. Um, there's a lot of the East is uh, seven or under, man. Yeah, it it's clear. I mean, what's so, up. I mean South, South Carolina has to deal with Clemson and Georgia. I mean, so so Florida is only dealing with the the Knowles, who are really not. As high a level as Clemson, I don't think anybody would argue right now. So, I could see where you know South Carolina is a little bit, you know, should be higher probably in Florida, but they're not at the end of the day, probably because of that Clemson game, you know. Probably because they're South Carolina. Yeah, but man, they won nine games last year. Yeah, I know, but again, you got to take these with these are set by. You're talking about Las Vegas over unders, right? Yes. So they got to get people to bet. So South Carolina still comes. It's like Tiger. It's the opposite of Tiger Woods at the, at the Masters. I mean, you, you got to set the line accordingly to try to get some the, the buyers on the other side of that thing. 
So that's probably what's working against South Carolina. They're not sexy. No, they're it's not. Hard to make South Carolina sexy. It, 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 it is. I, I do just want to talk about Carolina for a second here because if they're at I think they're good, but they're if, definitely not sexy. If they're at seven, no, there's there's not much, you know, really sexy about Carolina. But um, if they're at seven, you know, they play Coastal, Marshall, Vanderbilt, you know, I, you'd normally skip past Kentucky, but they hadn't played they hadn't beaten them since when? Uh, Kentucky's won three in a row against South Carolina. All right, so They'll beat Coastal. They should lose to Georgia. Beat Marshall, Vanderbilt. That's three. Let's give them a loss to Kentucky. Three and two, Missouri and Columbia. That should be a win. Four and two, Texas A and M. Four and three, Tennessee at home. Five and three at Ole Miss. I would think that would be six and three at the Gators. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, That's it, your swing game right there. Yeah, and then you got Chattanooga seven. And at Clemson, I mean, they can beat Georgia at, in Columbia. I, I don't know if they can beat Clemson up there, but but we'll just see. This is not that bad of a South Carolina team, I don't think. I think their problem is when they're dealing with their two, you know, to what is to them their mortal enemies, they don't match up well against Georgia in stopping the run, and they don't match up well against Clemson because they can't run against Clemson. They just don't match up great against those teams. And I think the curious thing now, Brian McClendon being their guy as a, a play, uh, offensive coordinator, is, you know, will, will, will they just go as fast as they can go, Carolina? And maybe that be the great equalizer for them. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's a good team, and I think that that schedule is manageable. Same um, here. But that, that, they, the trip to Florida will be the make or break for those people that take the over. I mean, I'd be – now, I don't condone betting, Dean, as you know. Uh, but I'd be tempted to take the over there. I would, too. Uh, but, I'd be, but you know you'd be cruising six wins into that game in Gainesville. And, you know, well, if you get down on yourself, if, you lose that one. If, if we're being, you know, intellectually honest here, before they play Tennessee, I'm not sure that they should lose a game outside of the Georgia game. I mean, they play Coastal, Georgia, Marshall. I Bay. think they probably should beat Kentucky. Yeah, they play Coastal, Georgia, Marshall, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri, and Texas A&M at home. Then they play Tennessee. I mean, I, I, I could say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I could see them being seven and one going into Ole Miss, maybe eight and one going to Florida. I would not be surprised by that. Well, let's lock it in then. Let's take the over. How much money do you got in your pocket? I got about $2. All right, we can, we can do a two dollar wager here. Oh, we do, I think we'll take the over. I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I think that is an easier call than Georgia. I mean, Georgia's at Georgia's at ten and a half. Austin P. We've already said they beat South Carolina, so I'm you know I'm getting to the LSU game. I mean, they got Austin P. South Carolina, Middle Tennessee, Missouri, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. They should be undefeated going to to LSU. That's October thirteenth. So let's say they lose at LSU. So that's what is that? So six and one. They should beat the Gators in Kentucky. Eight and one. And then you've got Auburn. I mean, so they're going to have to beat either Auburn or LSU. Those are their two toughest games. They probably will be favored in both, if I'm guessing. Uh, and then they play Massachusetts and Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech hasn't. Georgia hasn't beaten Tech at home since 2012. But I don't, I'm not so sure that's going to be a problem. Uh, what's, the, 
what are the contract details on that Massachusetts matchup? Man. Uh, I'll get it to you in about nine months. All right, LSU. LSU. Uh-huh. LSU I'm not sure LSU can come into the um, Georgia game without losses. I mean, they got to play Miami um, on a Sunday to open the season. They got Southeastern Louisiana at Auburn, Louisiana Tech, Ole Miss, and this is the swing of their season. Is this four game stretch? They play at Florida, then they have to come back home across the South to play Georgia and Mississippi State back to back. And then they're off, and then they play Alabama. They got a wow. br- they got a brutal end of the season, man. And they're they're yeah, that's rough. And they still got to go to Texas A and M. I mean, I don't I don't know what Texas A and M is going to do. See, that's I don't know really where A and M is at. I, I I just I don't know. A and M's like the Georgia of the West. They should be better than they are. And they should what, be better than they and that's, and that's and that's what they made the change for now. And, then, and we'll stop talking about this in a minute, but I mean, like, Mark and them, Mark Rick, I mean, they've got LSU. Is North Carolina good? I don't think so. All right, so they got LSU. Well, they were bad last year. LSU, North Carolina, Florida State, Georgia Tech on the road, at Virginia Tech on the road, back to back weeks. But, I mean, this is another 10-win season, looks like to me, as well, for Miami. Now, I don't know what's going on with their athletic department that they're playing at Toledo this year. Um, that is crazy. So they, they play LSU in Texas, and then they play at Toledo. That's I don't That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't get that. But, you know, what, what, can, what can I say? They, I mean, Miami's only playing one, two, three, four – Five, they're playing six home games. I mean, you should be playing seven or eight home games if you're Miami. Even though you're playing LSU, you know you'd like to. You'd like to play. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, I see here where this guy is just flashing on the news where the police have caught the guy. It's not funny. They've caught the guy who shot the people in the Waffle House. Um, I've never. Have you ever felt safe at a Waffle House? That was used to be part of the fun for me, but now we can't go to Waffle House. Uh, what else is? Well, that? I used to. We used to go to Waffle House when I was in high school, and we would put five dollars in the jukebox and oh, play no. Lee Greenwood's "Proud to Be an American" every single time. Way is that song not? I mean, that song is so overdone. Oh, um, you know, for the sake of not alienating anybody listening in our demographic, I I don't I care. don't have an opinion about Lee Greenwood. This, I mean, you don't you don't have to be so literal. Proud to be an American. Uh, yeah, join the club. But it, it, it's 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 so overdone. Like I'll tell you what, when it's we were savvy. Go ahead. When we were kids at the uh, and we would go to the laser show um, to pick up girls, basically at Tucker High School. Um, when Elvis did American Trilogy, that was it. I was out of there. Number one, I wasn't sitting around for Lee Greenwood again. And number two, the traffic was, more More importantly, the traffic was just straight up brutal. 
but there were just so many people there. It was insane. It was insane. I'll I'll hand it to Lee Greenwood. It's a, it's, it's a savvy business move what he did when he cut that song. No question. I cannot. I don't know another Lee Greenwood song. I, I I know there are other ones out there. I respect that he makes music, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you his second song. You realize he played Georgia not so long ago. Yeah, you know who talk, who I saw talking to him as if they were friends there that day was Claude Felton. I was like, man, Claude, Claude could run in many circles. He's just chilling with Lee Greenwood in Lee Greenwood's leather jacket <laughs> and his leather-looking face. I mean, he was really stunning. Golly, he was man. haggard. He was haggard. That was for the Charleston Southern game. Good Lord, they booked that guy. And then not even That's eighteen. So random. And not even eighteen months later, they had Ludacris in the same stadium. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if Lee Greenwood has condoms and liquor in his rider, um, <laughs> but I would imagine that he's used all those things as many times as Ludacris himself. So you're telling me you've never heard the song "IOU" or "Rang on Her Finger"? I have not. <laughs> I never checked the B-side of Lee Greenwood on the jukebox in the Waffle House in Blairsville, Georgia. Hawassi wasn't good enough to get a, a Waffle House. No, Hawassi had a huddle. We had, yeah. we had a huddle house in Hawassi. I can tell you right now that I will eat at Huddle House, but it is not a Waffle House. No, it's not even close to the same. And I, no. You remember when we took, uh, well, this no one's going to know this story. I was just going to tell the story about Gabby. We kept talking about how, you know, she was from Chicago and, it, and was coming. Why was she with us? Yada, yada, yada. But the point. Inside base. No, why was she with us? I like your inside baseball stories that no one has any clue what you're talking about on this podcast. Well, I was just, I was going to just get to the point, which was to skip all that and say she had never been to a Waffle House before, ever. And we kept bringing it. She was around for like three or four weeks, whatever it was, during the summer. And Fletcher and I were like, well, you got to go to the Waffle House. You know, it's very interesting. You know, it's really good. You got to get like a waffle or, you know, whatever. So we go. It was our big conclusion. Uh, She'd already had Krispy Kreme, which she loved. We go to Waffle House. And she gets a salad. And I was like, no. You can't get a salad at Waffle House. First of all, it's a salad. Secondly, it's got it's brown. Like the salad looks the salad looks brown. What are you doing? I told her she was gonna have to get that salad smothered and spackled yeah. and covered and whatever, smoked and chunked. Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> Chunk is the ham. That's oh no. So when we were at Tucker, you had you to get, that was like the the, the 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 password to get in the club is you had to know all of the you know, smothered, covered, chunk, diced. What else was it? Um, I can't remember all of them. Well, you weren't in the club. You can go all the way. You can go all the way. All the way is just too aggressive. Is there chili involved with all the way? There's chili involved in oh, all the way. Oh, my Huddle. God. It's, I think it's Uncle Bert's chili at Huddle no, House. Dude, no, dude, no, no, no. And a, no. it's a different family member at Waffle House. Uncle Bert? Uncle Bert is at Waffle House, yeah. Okay, well, I get them mixed up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, I don't know, man. Let's give our audience something they actually care about. Let's let's go to uh, let's go to either or. 
go to either right. or. I, I, I got paid for this expensive music on this podcast, Fletcher. It's expensive Right here music. would be a good spot for a sponsor. We're working on that, my friend. We are working on that, to be sure. All right, I got either or here. Who's going to have – You got who will have the better NFL career? Either Nick Chubb or Sony Michelle. I'm going to take Sony Michelle. I like versatility in the NFL. Okay, as we continue, either or. What's your answer? I, I think it's going to be Sony. Yeah, I think I think he I think he probably was a better running back at the end of the day at Georgia. Although Nick probably had a better career. But those two guys, man. They are like peas in a pod. I mean, they show up. They're just those two guys. I mean, they, I don't know if they're best friends. Yeah. You get so peop, few people who are actually best friends that are, you know, position mates. I think they actually may be best friends. Just the way that they act around one another. They, um, they're, they, they certainly are buddies. They'll be in one another's wedding for sure. All right. Either over twenty or under twenty. How many wins will Mark? Will Mark? Will Tom Crean have in his first year of basketball coach at Georgia? Under twenty. That's that's easy. That's I lock it in under twenty. Hmm. And why are you so quick to say under? I think the SEC is going to be for a team that I think that Georgia's got some nice pieces. I love Rayshon Hammonds, and I think the Hightower kid can really take a step next season. But 20 wins, I mean, they didn't do that last year with the same team and Yonte. So. Well, you had a pretty – but things can change fundamentally here with, with the decision of, of hiring the head coach that they did. I mean, you're talking about a very a different situation. And Understood. And, I, and it is a speedboat. Basketball right. programs are speedboats – and turn on dime, but I think this one's going to need year two. Okay, either a Ford or wait. What's your answer? I think they're probably going to figure out how to get over twenty. I need to. I need to see the schedule, which you know was always like pulling teeth with uh, Mark Fox. But I need to see the actual schedule. That'd be nice, at least. I th- I got Sony, and I got over twenty for Tom Crean. But we'll see. I mean. Bro, he is promoting this thing like crazy. You should have seen him at halftime of the uh, football game. He was, he he's very interested in being at Georgia, and that's a good thing. Um, the dip- So one one thing I will say is the difference between Tom Crean at Georgia in his first few weeks and Jeremy Pruitt in his, in his time at Tennessee's first few months have been have been pretty pretty different. I gotta say, Tom. Tom Crean has been very eager and excited in a positive way. Um, Jeremy Pruitt has been, I think, very eager and excited. But now there's, you're starting to hear the stories drip out. And when you get in front of the, the, media, the media like that and you challenge your fans in a negative way, you better be careful with that stuff, man. That's, that's, who, covers your, you know, that's who covers your salary at Tennessee. Not only that, at Tennessee, selling tickets is a – critically important part of their athletic department at georgia the the season tickets are sold out all the time at tennessee their facility is so huge and basketball too that they really you got to really work the fans and i i don't know 
I don't well, know. You're, what you're seeing is, is people being on brand. I mean, Tom, Tom Crean has always been known as, as being an intense person. I think that toward the end of his run in Indiana, he was criticized for maybe burning out people too much, right. players and assistants and fans. And Jeremy Pruitt, I mean, that guy's never – I mean, he's, combat, he's a combative person. I think he's, yeah. he gets fueled off a of confrontation. Uh, and a sledgehammer always sees nails, and that's what he is. Sometimes you need a little. You know, you don't. Jeremy, everybody's been talking about Jeremy a lot here lately. You, you don't see how he succeeds up there. You don't buy that. Nope. Nope. Yeah, there's a, nobody at Georgia feels that he will. Unless and I, and I think and I think structure. I, I think I think being that way about it and saying there's no way or that it's very very unlikely. I mean, very very unlikely is probably where I would be at, but. But being, I, I want. I mean, he burned a lot of bridges in Athens, and um, it's it is interesting to see that anyone who dealt with him at Georgia um, doesn't think that he can succeed. Just Gentry Estes dealt with him. Has have you have you two talked about Jeremy at all, as far as Tennessee is concerned? Who's Gentry Estes? I like this. I'm just kidding. I, I know who Gentry is, but uh, just for people on the podcast scene, you really need to work on, you know, queuing people up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call you out on it until you fix it. Okay. I appreciate that, Fletcher. I, I, that's, that's, good, that's good for you to do. Uh, Gentry used to why don't cover you, Georgia. Why don't you tell people uh, where Hiawassee is, you clown? If we're, are Gentry we, uh, used to cover Georgia, but he also covered Alabama, and he was covering Alabama in Birmingham, whenever Jeremy Pruitt was at Hoover High, right. uh, that's sort of how he has a little bit of ties to Jeremy. And then Gentry also covered Tennessee, so he knows a little bit of what the infrastructure that's in place there. So that's why you probably would have brought him up. You like that? I don't know, man. I just think you don't have to be a total asshole, but that's all right. It's, it's but here's the, here's the tease. <clears throat> Next week, we're going to dedicate this entire podcast to Jeremy Pruitt's time. Oh, we are. Right? Or two weeks from now. So you well, I I'll say this about that that thing there. And and, and I have talked to former admin, or excuse me, I've talked to former players, administrators, coaches, some current, some former, some current players, some well, by now all basically former players, some current administrators, some uh, former administrators about Jeremy Pruitt, just trying to get an understanding of what reality was at Georgia at the time. Yes, I want to talk to a few more people. It's not as disastrous as you might think from the player perspective, particularly those on de- particularly those on defense. Everybody else has been pretty bad though about him, truthfully. Right, and we'll 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 get into that. that this should be a fun fun hour or so podcast. And, and Jeremy Pruitt is the head coach at Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. I just you didn't say it, so if we're gonna be that guy. Oh, here we go. All uh, right. Okay. It's about getting we're getting sloppy. It's about time to go to the house. <clears throat> it is. And so I am gonna let you go to the house. Fletcher, speaking of Jeremy Pruitt, I want you to keep the elephants off your back and we'll see you next week on the round table. Enjoy it. I'm glad you got to talk to me.